Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so excited that you're listening today. I'm going to be reading from A Clash of Swords in Scotland from our Scotland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. Chapter 4. Sir Angus and St. Andrew's Castle. They entered a room with a large doorway and broad white painted window frames. Dad stays in here because it gets wonderful light during the day. It's good for him as he can't get outdoors. Ian approached the old man in the bed. Dad, the grave family's here and the children want to meet you. Sir Angus Weems stretched out as he sat up in bed. Rome was struck by how tall he must be. He seemed to overlap both ends of the bed as he leaned against some pillows propped up against the headboard. Hello, laddie, he boomed, pumping Rome's hand up and down, and then Jake's and Dad's. He touched Tiffany and Libby lightly on the head with a smile and patted Wren on the hand. Thanks for visiting the old boy. It gets mighty lonely here sometimes, he said in a rich Scottish accent. I've told the children all about the dirk, Ian informed his father. I'd like them to see the diary page. Sir Angus turned to his bedside table and pulled the drawer open. I keep the diary close as it contains the only clue we have. He pulled out an old weathered book with an elastic band wound tightly around it. He removed the band and flipped reverently through the yellowed pages until he came to the one he was looking for. He held it out to the children and this is what they saw, printed clearly in dark ink on the blotchy page. I jest not that the Dirk is part of the honours of Scotland and because of our history being connected with that of the royal family. I was entrusted with that noble task. The king, his remembrancer, and the secretary of state are privy to the information regarding the crown, scepter, and sword of state, but not that of the royal Dirk. Sir Angus looked expectantly around at the children as if hoping they would solve the puzzle right there and then. What is the clue? Wren asked Ian. Ian grimaced. We've deduced from this letter that the Dirk was part of the honours of Scotland, and I believe it means it was hidden away by my grandfather. It does not tell us where, though. That's what we have to figure out. We're hoping that the clue is in there somewhere. The alternative is that the clue is lost, and that will be terrible. I refuse to believe that. We have to work with what we have. At David's tower framed on the wall is a copy of the letter that was sent to the king. You can study that there. Perhaps there's a clue I have missed in those. Wow, that's not much to go on, commented Rome. I have great faith in you, lad. Sir Angus clapped Rome on the back enthusiastically, just as Ian had done earlier. What's a dink? Libby asked, looking closely at the hard-to-read handwriting on the page. Not a dink, a dirk, Rome laughed. It's the Scottish name for a dagger. Why does it say, I jest not, Wren asked. They weren't jesting. I have wondered about that, Ian remarked. It does seem like a hint about something or a clue. May we take a photo of the page, sir, Rome asked. Sir Angus gave his consent. Dad got out his phone and snapped a few photos of the diary page. Good to meet you, sir, Dad complimented Sir Angus as they left and then addressed the children. You guys had best get to work on this mystery. Ian grinned at them as they went back down the stairs. 
How about you all get settled in your rooms and we meet in an hour for that sword fighting lesson? Yes, sir, Rome nodded enthusiastically, catching Jake's eye. The boys grinned at each other excitedly. See you soon, Ian, and thank you, Dad told him as he and the children turned off towards their rooms. Presently, Mum joined them and they enjoyed looking out the windows at the different views of the castle gardens and examining the old-fashioned bathroom with its gold taps and embroidered towels. The children were amused when a maid in a smart uniform tapped on the door and asked if they needed anything. I need a rest. Jake flopped on the bed after Mum had thanked the maid and said they didn't need anything. After resting for a while, the family headed downstairs and out to the gardens where Ian and Janet were sitting on some garden chairs enjoying a cup of tea in the sunshine. Ian stood to his feet as they approached. Welcome, he greeted them kindly. Would you like something to drink? He motioned to a table nearby which held glasses and jugs of iced water and lemonade. The children all enjoyed a refreshing glassful and mom and dad had some tea. Ian motioned the children closer and pointed to the ruined site of the tower house across the lawns from where they were sitting. Let's go and explore the ruins. We'll try some sword fighting while we're there. Please allow me to change my clothes. He grinned at the children and walked into the castle, emerging a while later dressed in a medieval outfit, complete with tall boots and black cloak. Tiffany stared at him in amazement, and Rome took a step backwards, thinking that if Ian were an enemy, he would not have liked to face him in any confrontation involving swords. They crossed the extensive lawns to the tower ruins and had a great time climbing the tumble-down wall, exploring the half-broken-down rooms and guessing what they might have been used for. Ian pulled the long grass to one side in front of a large rock, revealing a dark, damp hole. Here is the entrance to the old tunnel. It was connected to the back of the Weems Caves. My father's told me stories of pirates using the tunnel and of people using it as an escape route from the castle tower. The children peered into the darkness and saw piles of earth and stones where the tower entrance was blocked. Ever since I can remember, it's been impossible to pass through. After they had explored for a while, Ian led them over to a clearing near some large trees. He reached behind a tree, pulled out a short sword, removed it from its scabbard and handed it to Rome. He pulled his own sword from its sheath. Now get a good grip on it. Ian stood beside Rome and showed him how to hold the sword. That's it. Use both hands. Now I'll step in like this and move my sword like so. He lifted his sword in an attacking motion. Then you block like this. He showed Rome what to do. The swords clashed together. Then step like this and point your sword. Ian expertly blocked Rome's move. That's it. Now try this. Turn your sword and block, then slash. Good. He expertly dodged the blow again. They sparred for a couple of minutes, Rome growing more confident as Ian instructed him. Rome was soon out of breath from the exertion and flopped down on the grass to rest next to the watching children. Ian grinned and turned to Jake. Would you like to try? Oh yes, Jake jumped up and grabbed the smaller sword. He swung it from side to side and up and down while Ian looked on and gave him the thumbs up. Then he suddenly came in from the side and knocked his sword against Jake's, causing the sword to fly from the surprised boy's hands. He stood motionless in shock until Ian prompted him to retrieve the sword. Ian showed him some moves and they sparred for a while. Now it's my turn for some good practice, Ian told them. He walked to the wall near the ruined castle and pressed a button on the intercom mounted there. Yes, sir, a voice responded. 
Please call James for me. Tell him to bring his gear. A few minutes later, a man with a protective vest, face mask and sword came walking across the lawns towards them. Are you ready? Ian asked James. Always, the serious man responded. Doesn't Ian wear protective gear? Mom asked Janet. Not usually, Janet replied. He's a bit of a show-off. I've decided not to worry about him as that would be a full-time occupation. Ian and James began their spectacular sword fight. Their swords clanged and swished as they advanced and retreated, each skillfully fending off the other's blows, grunting and yelling with the exertion, but each holding his own. The children were amazed at the dexterity and fierceness of the battle and the concentration it took to maintain a stance. The two circled each other, looking for an opening. James lunged and Ian parried and then closed in, skillfully gaining the upper hand and sending James's sword flying. James fell to the ground and Ian held his sword close to James's throat. Libby couldn't help a gasp escaping her lips. Ian lowered his sword slowly and turned to grin at Libby. And that's how it's done, he said smugly and held out his hand to James to pull him to his feet. I don't always win though, Ian clarified. He always wins, James shook his head, gave a slight bow and walked back to the house. He's a strange fellow, Wren whispered to Libby, who giggled and nodded. Let's head back then, shall we? Ian beckoned for them to follow him back across the lawns to the castle. Thank you, that was awesome, said Rome. My pleasure, lad. Can't visit a castle without some sword fighting. Ian shook hands with both Rome and Jake. You boys did a fine job. After dinner, Mom and Dad decided to take the children up to bed early so they could have a good sleep after the full day. Thank you both for everything and for your hospitality, Mom told Janet and Ian. We're so happy to be here for your wedding. Dad shook hands with Ian while the children said goodnight and murmured their thanks as well. If you need anything, please ring the bell in your room and one of the staff will respond, Ian told them. We hope you enjoy your stay at Weems Castle. He turned to escort Janet to her car as the children traipsed upstairs, tired out from their eventful day. That's all for now. See you next time.